house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey, everybody. This is Aviad Cohen. Yeah, it is. Because I just have a piece of the inch of faith. Let me tell you about a story that's called my life. I was a Jew boy, and now I came to Christ. Many people thought that I'm a fool. They thought I betrayed them. Oh, how uncruel. Whoa, they're wrong. I'm just a man after God's heart. If you know me, I'm just playing the part of that. Wondering too, maybe someone like you. If you open the book, then maybe, maybe then you will see how Jesus is for you, like Jesus is for me. Yeah. I came out, I saw, I opened up that book. Now look at me, I'm hooked on the truth. Yeah. I came out, I saw. Welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. That's Aviad Cohen and his song Hooked on the Truth, which is about a five-minute song or something like that. So you can actually go watch the whole thing over on YouTube, Randall's. I, the thing with Randall is I always have to like go, hey, be quiet. <laughs> Stop singing the song's over. Okay, I know you're still hearing it in your head. It's not over. You cut it short. I did. Well, I know. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. I hope that you have... I I hope... I'm going to take the headset off here. I I hope that you guys actually have the full hour today to join us because I have to tell you a couple of things. Number one, uh, how do I say this? You guys mean the world to me. Um, And, you know, I do this every single day because I love the Lord and I know I'm called to do it. And I just have to tell you that um, yesterday I was I was sharing a little bit uh, of well, not a little bit. I was talking to the Lord for quite some time. I had actually spent quite a bit of time in the book of Jonah and all of a sudden and this is so cool, (laughs) all of a sudden. It was like so cool. a 
like a lid was taken off the word of God and it opened up and I saw all these things in a new way. Hey, honey, I love you, Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Ann. Um, glad you're here. You're going to like this. I guarantee it. Um, so all of a sudden, I, as I was doing my Bible study, uh, in fact, here, I'll tell you, I'm actually going through this book here. It's called The Basics of Bible Prophecy. I got this when I was at the Prophecy Watchers Conference. It's $15 at David Reagan's Ministries, uh, Lamb and Lion Ministries. Worth going through for sure. So I was doing this study in my private time. And then all of a sudden, the book of Jonah, uh, what, there was a question about the book of Jonah in there. And, and, and the typical thing is, when, when Jesus mentioned Jonah, he was talking to the religious people of that day, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, who always like to pick on, you know, Jesus. <laughs> because Jesus was a rule breaker, according to uh, him. Anyway, and anyway, long story short, the unbelieving generation that they were talking about there uh, demanded a sign. And so here's Jesus walking around, basically, and he's healing all these people. And the people all, they just wanted a sign. They kept wanting a sign, even though Jesus was doing all this great, miraculous things. And so the Lord said, this, that basically, the only sign that you're going to get next is the sign of Jonah, which is the sign of resurrection, if you know, if you know the story of Jonah. So as I'm going through this book, and I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about Bible prophecy and things like that, of course, coming off from a Bible prophecy conference, I all of a sudden was reading the book of Jonah, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, I started seeing all these parallels to Jesus, and what Jesus did, and, um, and all this, and all of a sudden, I was I was telling Randall last night we were at we were eating dinner, and I said, Randall, I read the book of Jonah today, and all this stuff, you know. And Randall's like, Wow, I never thought of that either. I never saw that before either. So I'm going to share with you some of the stuff the Lord showed me, um, and I think it's going to excite you because you're going to see how how the book of Jonah actually points to some of the stuff today that the false teachers of today. Uh, are embracing that you would not normally think of. And at least I didn't. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is so cool. So anyways, I want, I hope you, I hope you can stay and join us for the whole hour. Um, we're going to also play the interview that I did with Doug Hershey. He's the author of the book Israel Rising, as well as this book. This is actually his very first book. Um, this is called The Christian's Biblical Guide to Understanding Israel, in, Insight into God's Heart for His People. This was actually his first book. And uh, for anybody who wants to donate $10 or more to our ministry, I would be more than happy to send you a copy of this. And you can do that by going over to uh, BibleNewsRadio.com and you can donate there and just say, hey, I want, I want that, that book that Doug Hershey wrote. This is his first one. His book, Israel Rising, is like... An Amazon bestseller. In fact, this morning uh, he was—he's in Texas right now, and he's—he uh, actually did an interview uh, with the the people Texans for Israel. I don't know how many of you have even knew there was Texans for Israel, but that's kind of cool. Texansforisrael.com. Uh, you can go there and you can learn more about them uh, and all of that. But I think well, we're gonna—that's where our sponsor is located. Yes, so. yes, it is actually. So. Ariel Ministries, which is our sponsor, uh, we may as well just say that right off the top. If you go to my website, BibleNewsRadio.com, then you can click on the free Bible study 
which is about the local church, right? Dr. Fruchtenbaum, I think it's 43 pages. All you gotta do is put in your email, sign up for it. We'll send you that, um, that free PDF that will bless your, bless you. It definitely will help you grow in your faith. Um, and of course, when you buy anything from Ariel, you can save 20% when you use the coupon code Bible news. Also gotta tell you, Bible news, if you want to get my text messages, then text the term Bible news to 33222. And I will send you out scripture in the morning, or at least I try to. And uh, I'll give you the alert right before the show goes on and let you know that we're going on. And or uh, if I do a flash contest like I have done recently, you know, you'll get that text too. Text messages, in my opinion, are the best way to communicate with your audience, just so you know, because uh, it's hard to miss the text unless you don't have text messages, which most people do because they make it super affordable. Uh, So do that. All right. And I think I think that's it for now. But let's go ahead and jump into the interview with Doug um, so you guys can see that. Uh, Doug has been a guest on our show a couple times already. His book is beautiful. If you don't have a copy of it yet, I would highly encourage you to get the book Israel Rising. We'll talk a little bit about that in the interview. Uh, So Randall, when you're ready, let me know and I'll go like that. Like I'll go like this. I'll go. And now. (laughs) So do you want it to slide over? I don't know. Tell me which way to do it and I'll do it. Because, you know, I'm the director, the producer, the on-air okay, well, talent, the, um... the, the, the star. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh... Well, it's just the push transition. I can't remember which way it All goes. Right. But... Oh, okay. Well, then that's not helpful. Okay, no, so we'll, hopefully we'll do it right then. Just go whatever way it is you want to go, okay? All right. Okay, everybody. Hey, this is day two. Yeah, it is. And I already introduced this segment, so I don't have to introduce this again. <laughs> That'd be funny, right? Yeah, I just said that. But I'm going to say it again. This is Doug Hershey. Here I am. Who wrote this book, or he actually took pictures of this. Well, he he did write this book. I didn't take the pictures. I just put it all together. He put the book together. And now he is like a super Amazon bestseller in five categories. Torah, Judaism, History of Judaism, Israel General, and Christian Prophecy. And now for the, I don't know, third time on our show? second Second time. Second time on Bible News Radio. First time in person with the sweet and lovable host. That's me. Indeed. So, nice to meet you in You person. as well. Here I am. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. So, uh, this is, and welcome to this Prophecy Conference. Thank you. Yeah, I've, I haven't done this one before. Um, after doing the Prophecy Watcher show, um, I actually was surprised at the amount of people that uh, responded of seeing the, the interview. And then, of course, they invited me to, to come. I'm speaking twice on Sunday uh, at the event here. And so it's been it's been a great event so far. So far, so good. Yeah. Well, you met me. That's right. It's even so. better now. <laughs> So are you are you actually surprised by your success with this book? Yes. I mean, yeah. really? I am. Yeah. I am. About a year and a half ago, um, a year and a half ago before my current publishing deal that I got. Talk to the audience, um, yeah. Is, uh, I, I thought you know, it was going to be... Um, yeah, you know, I, I thought it was going to be an advertisement for Ezra Adventures, which is the travel company they have, uh-huh. EzraAdventures.com. And, uh, but, you know, I, I thought maybe... 
you know, it would, the, I thought maybe the book would just be an advertisement for that and that it would get some interest and we could get some people to Israel and such. But I've ended up, you know, really focusing on this, doing interviews with you and a lot of TV stuff. And, and, um, and it's been going very well. So I've, I've been surprised by the success. I've been surprised by really the amount of people that have been here uh-huh. at, at the Prophecy Conference yep. that have seen it on different shows or have picked it up or whatever. So it's, it's been great. You know what? I met my dad, who's 90. Mm-hmm. Look at this book. Yeah. He loves it. I'm glad. He does. He's 90. That's older than Israel. It's, it is, actually. Older than dirt. <laughs> older than the dirt of Israel. Almost. Or, well, I wouldn't go that old. But, right. Yeah. That is pretty old. That is super old. So, uh, yeah. So, this is very cool. So, um, where can people get it? Uh, you can get it on EzraAdventures.com. For, for a signed copy, you can get it on Amazon, or uh, also you can get it at uh, Barnes & Nobles and Books A Million across the country in the brick-and-mortar store. So if you have one in the mall or somewhere nearby, you should be able to pick it up there as well. Yeah, very cool. That's very cool. So, yeah, and, and just to remind you guys, look, see, this is basically, in case you don't know and you're new to the show, this is basically what Doug did was he took old pictures of Israel, what they looked like, like many years ago. Yeah, old photos that were taken between the 1880s and the 1940s, and then went back with uh, a pro photographer, Elise Terrio, out of uh, out of Chico, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a phenomenal job, and um, she did all of the all of the new photos, and yep. we put them all together. And to show though, to show that the land is fruitful and been kind of essentially born again in many ways. Not only born again, but the fact that Ezekiel 36 prophesies. God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the land that. Uh, when the Jewish basically that the land will be empty and desolate, it'll look like some of these uh, these old black and white pictures here that are just um, let's see if I find a good one that are just completely empty, like like there's some of Haifa, um, just completely empty until the Jewish people return, and then the land will put forth branches and produce fruit and all that good stuff. And so we talk about it more as not just uh, a then and now book, but um, like documenting the fulfillment of Bible prophecy as it's happening. Yeah, and that's so cool, you guys. Hey, Christmas is coming up, Hanukkah is coming up. Yes, indeed. Just so you know. And, um, you know, this would be a great book. I mean, seriously. Uh, I've seen it, I have it, and if it wasn't even given to me, I wouldn't have gotten it myself, just because it was a good book. And it's super cool and fun to look at. Put it on your, your coffee table. One of, the, one of the things most people tell me about it is that they're excited that they don't have to read it and they can just look at the pictures. I know. Well, that's what it's so How cool good is about. that? It is, and that's probably one of the easier type of books to read. <laughs> exactly. Or to write, actually. But you actually have all the different things. I do. There's an, In all of the locations, there's yeah. different verses and there's different uh, quotes. In the book as well, there's historical eyewitness accounts it's from... heavy, too. Christians, Muslims, and Jews for almost every century for the last two thousand years. So there's some stuff to read, but really the you know the the, the transformation of the land is really the, the dramatic thing. That's very cool. All right, Doug Percy. Yes, ma'am. There you are. Thanks so much. You're welcome. This has been great. Yeah. Thanks for coming. All right. <laughs>
Don't yeah. quote me on that, though. I think he is. Though. I think he's yeah, I related. recall that you know, distant, you know, yeah, cousin. We're back now, Cheryl. Times yeah, now you can hear me. You can hear me. Yeah, Cheryl said you can't. Hear. Yeah, yeah. Hello, we're back. Hey, Randall. Anyway, so well, hey, Jerry well, Joe. Hey, you know what? Listen. Can I say listen, hi to so, people in the chat room? All right, go ahead. So Mama Gina's is there. There's Mama Gina, and then Cheryl Ann's there. Mia's there. Oddvar. Hey, Oddvar. I haven't seen you in a while. Melanie, of course, is there. Steven and Diane and Jerry. Oh, Jerry. Hey, Jerry, you're there. And I think there's a couple of sex bots. Glad you're here. Sex bots, you need to get saved. In Jesus' name. Yeah, it was a short interview, but Randall wants to say more. Well, just in self-defense, you know, I wanted to get it. In so... self-defense. <laughs> yes, in self-defense. You know, we won't, you know, wanted to get it so we could listen to the interview and go as going through. And so you didn't hear us during the interview, all this stuff. You know, people, I'm looking at this, okay, doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, Randall. So, so there, there you have it. Cheryl Ann said you're awesome. Well, thanks. So, yeah, he is. He's super cute. And then too. what I was really surprised with these interviews, this is actually probably say this is my tech show, but. Oh, the, yeah, all of a sudden, I was like, what the heck are you doing? Okay, so you're showing everybody what you're doing behind the scenes. See, now this is worth watching. Yeah, I should say this for my tech program, which I don't have yet, so I'm squeezing it in here. You know, I was really surprised with that microphone, which I know, you know, a lot of the video I shoot is without sound unless I'm doing, I have done a lot of interviews, but it's been in a, you know, one kind of one in a place with just the interviewee. All these that you'll see that were shot at uh, the Blessed Hope Prophecy Forum, I mean, like a crowded hallway. Yeah, it was. I mean, like hundreds of people walking back and forth. And you'll listen to that one, and it's a little bit gated. Um, for you, you know, you audiophiles, you'll know, you'll hear the strong audio, uh, you know, the noise gate on that to keep some of that out. So it sounds a little unnatural, but. Anyway, I'm just really pleased with the, the shotgun mic. You know, didn't have each participant mic or anything. It was like the single shotgun mic on the camcorder. And anyway, just with a little bit of audio post, uh, it's just it just did well. So you're super you awesome. Go. Well, thank you. And honestly, and that's this, and that's using this, the Sony ECM one and well, my Sony well, here's PXWX70. The thing too. Just so you know, this show would not be like super good unless Randall was in it, and he is. I'm so awesome. No, you are. God, oh, glory. God is awesome. No, you're, no, you're, you're good. Stop. You're oh, well stop pleased. It. Oh, with, stop it. <laughs> you, you are well pleased with me. That's good. All right. Now back to regularly scheduled program. Yeah. And people think Randall doesn't talk because he's Mr. Unassuming and Mr. Shy Guy. Yeah, he is. No, he isn't. <laughs> uh, okay. So got your Bibles? Get your Bible, okay? You're going to love this. Or maybe Bearface put the word up there for you to read it, okay? We're going to look mm -hmm. at Jonah now just because there's some super cool things in here. And it actually relates uh, to our day, right? Like the day that we're in, we're living in right now. You're going to start in chapter one? Or... Uh, yeah, I'm going to read the whole book. Okay, all right. Uh, you're going to read the whole book? I'm going to read a lot of it. All right, all ready? Right. Here we go. Okay, Jonah is only a short book. If you've ever seen the Veggie Tales movie, it's just like this. Yeah. You want that book. Cheryl, you can get it. I'll I'll tell you where you can get it. Okay, here here it is, people. Ready? Okay. It says here in verse 1 of chapter 1 of Jonah, uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, 
the great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Um, but Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, found a ship which was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Okay. Now, first things we need to notice here is a couple things. First of all, you got to love, got to love Jonah. Here he is, a prophet of God, a genuine, real prophet, not some of like the false prophets of the day. He actually, he, he actually, he actually gets a word from God and God basically tells him what to do. And he's like, see ya, I'm out of here. Wait, hold on. Where can I go? Oh, I know. I'll get on a boat. I'm going to pay money to get on the boat and I'm going to go the exact opposite direction that he wants me to go. And just if you don't understand the context, and some of you probably do, but just so you know, Jonah was Hebrew, which is another name for Jewish. And he was told to go to the Ninevites, which were his arch enemies or arch, 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 arch. enemies, arch, arch Inconsistency enemies. of English. Whatever. Anyway, he, you know, God was telling him to go and preach to his enemies about repentance and Jonah's like no I don't think so I'm out of here so he gets on a boat he pays the fare that's important and it says here he went down into it the boat referring to that to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord so he was trying to escape God's presence just so you know verse 4 and then it says, the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. Imagine that. And the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God. And they threw the cargo, which was in the ship, into the sea to lighten it up. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship. He laid down, and he fell He fell. Uh, he, he, he laid down and fall and fallen sound asleep. Basically he was snoozing away down there at the bottom of the boat. And, um, while this big storm was going on <laughs> that God created as a result of him trying to flee his presence. Uh, meanwhile, the sailors and everybody on ship is going, Hey, cry out to your God, whatever it is, whoever it is. And hopefully this thing will stop. Okay, now this is where this gets super good. So how many of you recall a story about when Jesus was in a boat and there was a storm? You remember this story? There Jesus was, laying in the boat, snoozing away, and there was a big storm taking place. And the disciples were freaking out. Okay, remember this? And they were freaking out to the point where they're like going and they're and they're looking at Jesus and they're like, Hey, don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you care that we're perishing? And you know, and all of a sudden Jesus wakes up, he's he basically stands up and he says, Be still, wave or whatever, and all of a sudden it's 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 calm. Well, it's interesting when you look at Bible prophecy, if you look throughout scripture, 30% of your Bible is actual Bible, predictive Bible prophecy, which, which basically means that you have um, the predictive prophecies, what's going to happen in the future. 30% of this book is this. If you look at the Old Testament, you can see the Lord on every page of the Old Testament if you look. This is why I want to share this with you, because when I saw this comparison in this 
this parallel understanding. I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And that's one thing I'd never saw before. I never saw the parallel between Jonah in the boat and Jesus in the boat. Put a one if you guys had actually seen that that type of thing. Randall admitted to me that he didn't even think of it. But it's interesting because as we, as we look yeah. more into it. You know, just thinking about Jonah's name, Yonah. Uh-huh. What's it mean? It means dove. Dove. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So then in verse 6 of chapter 1, it says, So the captain approached him and said, and approached Jonah, and said, How is it that you're sleeping? Get up. Call on your God. <laughs> now remember, Jonah's like, uh, no. <laughs> the reason you're in this mess is because he isn't calling on his God. He's trying to flee his God. And the captain goes on to say, perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Now think about Jesus when he was in the boat and what the disciples asked him. Don't you care that we're perishing? Interesting, huh? I've never seen that before. I think that's super cool myself. Anyway, verse 7, and each man uh, said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots so that we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Here's another question for you. When, was, when, when in, in the New Testament scripture have we heard about casting lots? Right? Just twice that I'm aware of. Right. So the, the, the main time that I, I think of is they cast lots twice. Well, they cast lots twice is probably what you're thinking. Number one, when Jesus was dead on the cross, uh, they cast lots to inherit his clothing. Right. And then the other time, they cast lots to appoint a new disciple after Judas had betrayed him. Yeah, an apostle to replace Judas, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so this is interesting to me because um, because here they're casting lots to discover who the evildoer is, basically, that... So anyway, verse 8. Then they said to him, tell us now on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? Now pay attention to this too. I actually um, I actually need to do more study on this because this really stood out to me. But listen to this. Um, they ask him, what is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And from what people are you? I think this is pretty significant. I haven't studied it. I haven't like pulled this out yet, but I do think it's important to think about because uh, what was Jonah's occupation? He was a prophet. What was Jesus's occupation? He was, he's a prophet, first and foremost, right? I mean, he really is. Where do you come from? Where did Jonah come from? Where did Jesus come from? What's your country? Israel, that'd be Israel, right? And from what people are you? Hebrew, Jewish. And he said to them, I am Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Interesting answer, don't you think? Then the men came, became extremely frightened. They said to him, how could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they said to him, uh, what should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me, this great storm has come upon you. 
Now, what's Jonah essentially asking here? He's what he's doing is he's saying, you know what? This is my fault. I get it. I admit it. And he didn't really care because he wanted to die. Remember, God told him to go preach to the Ninevites, his enemy. He didn't want to do it. So he wanted to die. He really wanted to. So he didn't care that they were going to throw him overboard. Um, and then it says here, however, the men rode desperately to return to land, but they could not for the sea was becoming even stormier against them. And again, I think this is super interesting that the men were, were reluctant to throw Jonah overboard. Uh, they were like trying to, they were working in their flesh trying to get this boat to land and they couldn't do it. Then they called on the Lord and they said, we earnestly pray, O Lord, don't let us perish on account of this man's life and do not put innocent blood on us. And I think this is interesting. For thou, O Lord, has done as thou hast pleased. Now, we were talking about this last night. Isn't it interesting that these men referred to Jonah's blood as innocent? I do. I think it's extremely innocent, or interesting rather, because Jonah was completely guilty <laughs> here. Jonah was disobeying the Lord on his way, and yet these men called him innocent. Who else has innocent blood that we know of? Say it with me, Jesus, right? Jesus. Yeah, and it's interesting, kind know? of a, a juxtaposition when it came to the one who really was innocent, innocent. who was doing his they, father's will. They put him on the cross, or and he, they, he laid down his and life. And the people said, his blood be upon us yep. and our children. Yep. In fact, the crowd released Barabbas, which mm. means um, son of the father. Son of the father, and 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 they kept. He was probably called that because he may have been illegitimate. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Remember, we're just doing a quick overview yeah. here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So verse fifteen says, "So they picked up Jonah, and I'm I'm just picturing this. I'm thinking Jonah probably just stood there like. All right, guys, go ahead, pick me up." For some reason, I picture him being short, too, and I don't know why. But anyway, that's just my head. Uh, so they picked up Jonah, threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. So just like when Jesus walked on the water, Jesus told the sea to be quiet. There's same power there. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Now, here's the other thing I want you to think about as I was going through this. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I noticed is that in this book, it says, and the Lord appointed uh, numerous times. And this is the first thing it says that he appointed the fish, right? The big fish. And in history, actually, we, we've known of other incidences where this has happened. This isn't the only time this has happened. But uh, so we know that the, the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days, three nights. Chapter two. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the stomach of the fish. So we know that he was inside the fish and he actually was still living. And this is what he says. I called out. Now think about this when he's in the fish, right? He says, I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me. I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. Thou didst hear my voice for thou had cast me into the deep and to the heart of the seas and the current engulfed me and thy breakers and billows passed over me 
So I said, I have been expelled from thy sight. Nevertheless, I will look again toward thy holy temple. Water encompassed me to the point of death. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars was around me forever. But thou hast brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to thee into thy holy temple those who regard vain idols forsake their faithfulness but i will sacrifice to thee with the voice of thanksgiving that which i have vowed i will pay salvation is from the lord then the lord commanded the fish and it vomited jonah up onto the dry land so there's a lot here and of course because of time i'm not going to dig deep into this prayer but this prayer is a literal prayer and I think it's super important to understand that when you're reading the Bible, read it literally, right? Don't like allegorize it. A lot of people like to allegorize this book, the book of Jonah. Oh, it wasn't really a big fish. You know, that's impossible, blah, blah. It's not impossible. It actually happened. If he was actually literally thrown overboard, he, he literally had seaweed wrapped around his neck. Why would the God appoint a fish if it wasn't literal? Um, if, it, if it was a literal thing, why would God do that, right? Plus, Jesus re referenced this story anyway, so we know it's true, but uh, there's a lot there. And you can see a lot of the parallels with Jesus and his prayers as well uh, throughout this prayer, but we don't have time to look at it right now because I got to get into the last part because this is this is so stinking cool. Okay, all right, verse, uh, so um, chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, uh, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. You think? <laughs> yeah, if Jonah had decided not to go the second time, I would be like, Hey, uh, do you want to have to go through this ordeal again? Um, so he was obedient the second time, but it kind of gets better. So so it says here, So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Then Jonah began to go through the city one day's walk, and he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called out a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them, when the word reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, laid aside his robe from him, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat on the ashes. And he issued a proclamation, and it said, uh, In Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let men, beast, herd, or flock taste the thing. Don't let them eat or drink water. But both man and beast must be covered with sackcloth, and let men call on God earnestly that each may turn away from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows? Maybe God uh, God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we shall not perish. When God saw their deeds that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Now, there has been so much teaching on the book of Jonah and just a couple of things I'll point out. The Ninevites worshipped uh, their God was a fish God. Okay. 
uh, it was represented as a fish. So here you have Jonah, who was literally barfed up from a fish. So they clearly witnessed this. And of course, Jonah's walking around. And some people believe um, that because of his appearance, he was probably, he probably looked white because of the acidic nature of inside the fish. Um, and so, of course, this would freak out these heathen people that worship this quote fish god because all of a sudden you have this prophet that's barfed up out of a fish <laughs> declaring to you the real the real true living god basically saying look dudes we know what's going on here you guys need to repent or god's going to destroy you now we know also that because this was a great city there was approximately 120,000 people that lived in this city so this was a pretty good sized city um, I mean, I live in a city of, what, 40,000? So it's probably three times my city. That's quite a bit of people to be preaching to in a couple of days. And uh, Jonah, being the prophet that he was, um, even though he didn't want to do it, he did it anyway. So, um, so that's very important. But now, this is where it gets super even good. This is, this is really good. Yes, people who have come out of fish are white. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's such a well-known fact, right, Gina? <laughs> All right, chapter four. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. What greatly displeased Jonah? That the sermon that he preached, and everybody repented, and basically came to the Lord. <laughs> and people laugh because Jonah was like really ticked off that his enemies came to God. Uh, he wanted to see them destroyed. He was ticked off that there was a 100% conversion ratio here. <laughs> <laughs> and Jonah's mad. So this tells you about Jonah's heart. But I think there's something interesting here about Jonah. So he says here, And he prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are gracious and compassionate, God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and one who relents concerning calamity right? So he's actually being honest with the Lord and saying, you know what? I don't want to do this because I know that you're all these good things. And frankly, I don't think that you should be that way towards my enemy. Therefore, now, O oh Lord, please take my life from me for death is better to me than life. <laughs> and the Lord said, do you have good reason to be angry? Then Jonah went out from the city and sat east of it. There he made a shelter for himself, and he sat under it in the shade until he could see what would happen in the city. So I think Jonah was secretly waiting here to just to see if God was going to, like, change his mind and actually zap them, right? You know, and also, I, I appreciate the honesty of this passage. I've always loved Jonah. He's one of my favorite, my favorite prophets, personally. Um, because he understands anger, he understands feeling depressed. But here, honestly, he's wrong, big time. But the Lord is good. So listen to this. So then the Lord God appointed a plant, and it grew up over Jonah to be a shade over his head to deliver him from his discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. So I remember earlier I said that God appointed the fish. Now God's appointing a plant. And this is very important because this tells you that Jonah or that the Lord 
is truly the god in control of his creation. So he's in, he's appointed the fish to swallow Jonah, and now he's appointing a plant to bless Jonah. Okay, and 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 Jonah was really happy with the plant. Says that, and then it says here, but God appointed a worm when dawn came the next day, and it attacked the plant, and it withered. So now God's appointing a worm. Hey, worm, would you go over to that plant I planted yesterday that grew up overnight and attack it? Yes, Lord. <laughs> Little worm goes over, starts gnawing away at the plant, and next thing you know, it withered. And it came about when the sun came up that God appointed a scorching east wind. Remember, Jonah was in the east here. So, again, Jesus appointed the wind to be hot. And the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he became faint and begged with all his soul to die, saying, death is better to me than life. Okay? So, this is interesting to me. God appoints a fish. He appoints a plant. He appoints a worm. He appoints wind. And then he has the sun down on Jonah. It's pretty cool, huh? Now, let's see. Are there any other times that God has appointed anything? You know? Yeah, actually, if you look it up, he's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. He appoints the, the epochs, the seasons that we're in, the times that we're in, etc. All this other stuff. But then here's the other thing. It goes on to say, then God said to Jonah, Do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? And he said, Jonah... Uh, I have good reason to be angry even to death. <laughs> now think about this just for a second, okay? You got to get inside the mind of Jonah just for a minute. He's really mad that God's forgiving and gracious towards his enemies because even though he was obedient, he preached the word that God told him to, he was really ticked off and angry about it so much that he wants to die. So he throws a fit, basically. He acts like a snotty little bratty kid and fine i'm gonna go and sit under you know and i'm gonna go sit there I, i'm i want to die so god's really super nice he appoints a plant to give him shade to keep him cool next day god appoints a worm to eat the plant and then he appoints the weather basically the wind and then he comes back and jonah whines even more I'm, i want to die and then god basically says you know what do you really have a reason to be mad about the plant okay because jonah was originally mad about about the ninevites repenting <laughs> now he's mad about this plant the good thing that god did for him right and this is an interesting thing this is how this book ends so jonah says i have good reason to be angry even to death which is a little bit extreme in my opinion just so you know Verse 10, then the Lord said, listen to this. This is, the, this is the other insight I got. Then the Lord said, you had compassion on the plant for which you didn't work, just so you know, and which you didn't even cause to grow, which came up overnight and perished overnight. And then God says, 
And should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who don't know the difference between their right and left hand, as well as many animals? Now, this is interesting here because what God showed me yesterday was that there is a huge parallel today between those who are in the church and, you know, and, and those who pretend to be in the church regarding this particular issue. Who, who's ever heard of environmentalism? Raise your hand. Yeah, you have. Earth worshipers, you know, people that worship Mother, you know, the Mother Nature. Gaia. Gaia. Oprah promotes her a lot. They actually care more about taking care of the environment, the liberal faction of so-called Christianity cares more about um, social justice, taking care of the environment, and caring about the feelings of animals and plants above people. They will advocate on behalf of cleaning up the earth and the environmentalism, but they also advocate against abortion, or I mean rather for abortion. And for homosexuality, they'll say, oh, yeah, that's okay. You can be gay and Christian. You can be gay and a pastor. You can be gay in this. But And they'll advocate on behalf of defending a stupid plant and not care about those who are perishing and going to hell without Jesus. And I, I saw this parallel yesterday, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Because when you look at who the God of Scripture is, the God of Scripture... The God in this book here, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Yeshua, he actually cares about the souls of those who are perishing. That's why he sent Jonah to preach to them, because he didn't want the Ninevites to perish. Even though they were a violent, wicked people, we all know that, and they came against you know they actually came against the church and the jews they didn't want the jews to live and jonah was a jew right he's a hebrew jesus is a hebrew and yet we have the same poisonous doctrine today in the church and we have people advocating on behalf of these things as opposed to praying and asking the lord uh to save souls and to care that people are dying without the lord do you realize how long eternity is? It's a long time. Do you realize that if somebody dies outside of Christ, that's it. That's toast. You know, they're they're toast. They're they're in hell forever. You know, we don't want we don't want to talk about that because it's not super popular. Oh my gosh, you know, I mean, and yet the doctrines of demons are rampant today. And I saw that and I thought, wow, that the, the uh, parallels here between Jesus and his ministry and Jonah and the rebellious nation of Israel, right? That the Lord loves. Granted, there's layers here, you guys. And I don't know if you guys saw anything new as a result of me sharing what I just saw yesterday. But I thought, man, it's it's a wake-up call to really be concerned. Because really, the book of Jonah, it, the, the two big themes in Jonah are this. God wants people to repent and Jonah came back from the dead, just like Jesus. Jonah, came, Jesus went to the grave and he, he came back from the dead three days later in order to, um, you know, in order to cleanse us from our sins. And he died in our place. 
except he didn't have a bad attitude about it. <laughs> you know, so that, that, those are my thoughts. What do you guys think? Randall Pandlebear, what do you think? Because I, I know you have a lot to, to weigh in on here. Uh, I have a lot to say. Go ahead. Well, I just want to see. I, it looks like there's a couple people who are saying some stuff, but I can't read their comments. But, um, but anyway, thanks for coming in. Yeah. Um, number of things. I'm going to kind of go back and then move forward. Okay. And I'm going to take First, a drink of water because, you know, I talked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, there are people who have survived being in a fish, but Jonah is not a story of survival. It is a story of resurrection. Um, when we read, we didn't get into the prayer. Right. But he said he prayed, and the, pray, the prayer was about what happened in the past. He said, I called. He says, I was in the belly of Sheol. Whether you take that to mean the grave or you take it to mean hell, it can go either way in the Old Testament. The man was dead when he was talking about the bars of the earth were closed on him forever and that he was brought up out of the pit and that his soul was i forget the right. exact thing and this and that parallel when christ when he died he went into sheol in order to talk to the yeah those people down there before christ's time yeah or into right. the bosom of abraham right Anyway, so, yeah, the, the the story of, and it's nice to, you know, look at science and, oh, here's a person that was in a fish and whatever, but the, the story of Jonah is not about survival, but resurrection. I mean, that's why Yeshua used it, you know, no sign will be given this generation except for the sign of Jonah. Uh, he wasn't going to survive the cross, he was going to resurrect from death. Anyway, and number two, you know, I think... Uh, it's interesting. There's something I was going to say about chapter 3, but uh, chapter 4, when God asks him first about the people, about the... Re oh, that's what I was going to say about chapter 2, is that when the... Obviously, it doesn't say God said, but it said that Jonah, you know, prophesied according to the word of God and said, yet 40 days and then it will be overthrown. Hapakate, um, which... Um, which means will be overturned, but that can also be in a good sense. It can be restored. The, the idea of something being turned over, that could be turned over like destroyed and turned over set right. And so it could go either way in the, in the pronouncement, in the preaching, which is interesting, which that was the response of the king. Who knows whether God will, you know, be gracious, basically. So... The pronouncement of God is things are going to be overturned. Now, which way are they going to be overturned? Are they going to be set right <laughs> or are they going to be destroyed? So, and similar similar invitation goes out to us as well. Uh, and then, and I think it's interesting, when they did repent, God asked Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? Is it good for you to be angry? Notice Jonah does not answer that time. No. He doesn't have a good answer for that. No, it's not good for him to be angry. He has no comeback to people repenting, people being people being set right, set right side up. Well, sure. But when it comes to the plan, he's, oh, yeah, I've got a right to be angry, and even to death. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of extreme. Yeah, I know, but... But, you know, when it came to something personal, well, yeah, I had this thing for shade, and now it's gone, and now the wind's blowing on me. Now I'm upset. I have a right to be angry. 
you know, when it comes to our personal comfort, we're ready to, you know, you bet, you bet I'm frustrated. You bet I'm angry. But when challenged about, hey, it had, had nothing to do with him other than he delivered a message, but people repented and, and, you know, it's right for you to be angry. It's good. He's not touching that. He knows there's no answer. <laughs> I think that he can give. He can't justify that in any way, shape, or form. So, in a similar way, you notice how the Lord didn't like zap Jonah and kill him. Yeah, he, you know, <laughs> again, that's what he could have wanted. I know that's what he wanted. It's like God's like, mm, nah, I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> so it was interesting. The same way we have the in Christendom, not Christ followers. You know, it's 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 easier to. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, social justice per se, but not to the inclusion of the eternal soul. But when it comes to the temporal things, caring for the animals or the plants or temporary, you know, uh, social situations, yeah, we can get all up in arms about that because they touch us. But when it comes to the eternal soul of people, it's like... Unless you're, unless you're tied into that, unless you have the heart of God for the lost and, and care about their eternal destiny, you know, that's a little more ethereal. That's a little more spiritual and out there. And, and so I think in a similar way, you know, when Joan is confronted with that, the, the eternal souls, the right standing of people with God, is it right for you to be angry? I don't have an answer. Is it right for you to be angry about this plant? Oh, yeah, I'm angry about this plant. Because I can point to this plant and I can... <laughs> but even that guy says, you didn't plant it, you didn't make it grow, you didn't... Shut up. No, <laughs> That helps them to see, like, well, even in this, this temporal, earthly thing, you're all upset. But you, you still have no control over it. You know, how much more... <laughs> Should you be concerned about the welfare of people, which God comes in and he says, you know, should I have not had compassion on this great city? You know, 120,000 people who don't know the right from the left. And some people comment, well, that would be children well, who actu- don't know the right from the left. Anyway, actually, and, and besides many animals. Actually, so God cares for the animals as well. He doesn't. He doesn't champion the plant at all. Actually, actually, there was. Let me let me read you the footnote here in my Bible because he actually says here, um, uh, and I'll just read eleven again. And should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than one hundred twenty thousand persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand, as well as many animals? Here's um, here's what the commentator in my Bible wrote: the phrase "persons who do not know the difference between their right hand and left hand" was an idiomatic expression signifying very young children who had not reached the age of accountability of making moral decisions. This verse justifies inclusion in the Book of Jonah in the canon because it shows so clearly that the Lord is God of all the nations, not just Israel, and that He is concerned with the welfare of all mankind. Which, if you think about it, it makes sense because Jonah went and preached to a completely different nation than his own. And if you're a Gentile, meaning you're not Jewish, there you go, you're in, you're in that. Jonah represents so many others in Israel who forgot this lesson. Later prophets like Isaiah 
tried to expand the people's vision by looking forward to the day when God's message would reach out to all nations and Jesus's great commission assured that this would indeed take place. And then we have that Matthew, Mark, and Luke um, and all that. But it is, it's, it's a really good point. Um, you know, just saying. And I just thought it was super cool. I get really excited when I see parallels and I see layers, uh, especially between, you know, I'd never seen that connection before with, with the storm and the sea, uh, the innocent blood, uh, being in the boat and how the sea got calmed both times. Um, and then of course the parallel between caring more about a stupid plant than the salvation of some people. And you know what, honestly, I'm going to just be bold and say this, those who are involved in the social justice movement, they, it, you don't even have to be a Christian to be involved in social justice, right? And I heard somebody say the person, um, the person who promotes, uh, social justice, um, you know, basically can be, um, you don't have to be a Christian to care about, uh, you know, women and sex trafficking, but Judah is the father of the social justice movement because Judah cared about the money. He cared more about the money than he cared about the woman who was worshiping Jesus and anointing him with precious, costly oil. And that's what Christ cares about. He cares about us worshiping him. And you know, it's interesting to me that Jonah didn't get upset that he was swallowed by a big fish. <laughs> and yeah, it's interesting to me. He has this prayer of repentance inside the fish. He gets, he gets vomited up, right? He, he, he lives again. Um, but despite his resurrection, literally, and the fact that he goes out and he does exactly what God tells him to, he isn't grateful that his enemy got saved. And yet again, the parallel goes back to Jesus said, you have heard it said that you should, you know, love your enemy. Or, or, or you should curse your enemy, but I say you should love your enemy and bless those who despitefully use you, which goes completely contrary to the world and your, our natural emotion, right? I mean, it, it, it just does. I'll tell you what, that's very convicting to me personally because it's like, uh, yeah, I've had some people hurt me pretty bad. And, you know, only by God's grace in, in me have I been able to deal with that and, and you know, overcome that situation. So anyway, there's a lot there. So I would encourage you, go read Jonah on your own. And maybe God will show you some new stuff. And you can write me and tell me what he showed you. Um, I think it's kind of cool um, that there are end time parallels here. Uh, but a lot of encouragement too. So there you have it, people. Yeah, you do. Um, let's see. Yeah, Klopnoff says he prays from hell or the grave, according to some translations. Yeah, the, the translation, I use New American Standard, uh, and uh, Sheol is actually... Just transliterated, the, not transliterated. They just, yeah, that's the... To be safe, they just transliterate the... The word that they used oh. um, <clears throat> for that, um, all that. So what else is I going to tell but you guys? But throughout Scripture, it's clear shale that can refer to either the grave or to hell but any case in either case death is involved to be in either yes 
Very, very true. So, um, yeah. So just to reiterate, if you guys came in late, Doug Hershey, this is his other book. This was actually his first book. It's called The Christian's Biblical Guide to Understanding Israel, Insight into God's Heart for His People. It's a short book. Uh, if you want to support what we do, go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and uh, you donate $10 or more, I'll send it to you. Um, we also have uh, this book here, Fearless Prayer. For a donation of $15, I'll send this one to you. Uh, this is a good book, Why We Don't Ask and Why We Should by Craig Hazen from Biola University. If you want to get that book, we'll do that. If you give me 25 bucks, I'll send them both to you. Um, just specify if you'd like them both um, or more, of course. Uh, that's, you know, the shipping and all that's included in there. Um, and tomorrow, tomorrow's Thursday, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. I think tomorrow we're also going to play another interview uh, from the Prophecy Conference. We have a lot of interviews, and I'm, I don't know which one we'll play yet, but but we will, people. Yeah, we will. <laughs> so uh, join us tomorrow here, same time, 4 o'clock Central Time. If you haven't joined my text message list, text Bible News to 33222. If you haven't joined my email list, you can do that also at BibleNewsRadio.com. And um, just want to say thanks. Thanks for coming in. Uh, blessings to you. Would love to debate, but got to go. Yeah, well, that's, this show isn't a debate show. This is a teaching show. Uh, if we Free for All Friday might be a better show to come in and, and, and try to debate on Free for All Friday. That's, that's the show we do that on. Um, but you guys, thanks for coming. And honestly, thank you for supporting what Randall and I do. You know, I love what we do. It's a pleasure uh, to serve you. You know, I, I have my moments of going, kind of like Jonah, like, rah, 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 rah. but you know what, you know, hopefully, you know, as I get older in Christ, I become more mature myself. <laughs> I, I don't care about as much as that. So, um, you're welcome. I try to be faithful. Hopefully that's evident in what I do. Oh yeah. That was the one other thing I wanted to share to you. Um, you guys look, uh, the end of the month is coming here and uh, Legal Shield people, if you are, I just want to put out this n a note to you. If you're a member of Legal Shield or ID Shield, I want to let you know that ID Shield, uh, this morning I got an alert on mine for Gmail. Uh, Gmail has been uh, breached again. So if you're a Gmail user, go in and change your password just in case you got breached like I did. Um, and if you're not yet a member of ID Shield, uh, contact me before the end of the month. Let's get you signed up, okay? Because um, it's going to get worse. And honestly, there are... It's the end of the year, right? It's almost November. The Christmas season is upon us. And these evildoers, they're going to do whatever they can. So protect yourself with identity theft protection, okay? It's nine ninety five a month. Um, and or get some legal shield and we'll protect you that way too. Get in touch with me, okay? Um, all right. So that is it. Hope you guys have a good evening. And remember, be bold. Stand up. You got an alert for Hotmail? There you go. And go with God. Well, let me just say this. There's been 9,000 breaches this year alone. So you're, you're, there's no doubt your stuff has been breached. Okay? So get smart and get protected. Okay? Be bold. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. And I do too, okay? So um, I'll see you later, okay? <laughs>